to welcome up the one and only Herb. Hey, what's going on, Vicky? What's up, Chris? Thanks for having me. I feel like we should have some kind of like music and intro we haven't really got. In time, we'll work on that. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get that. Hey, Herb, how are you, mate? I'm doing well. About to spread out this um this room maybe in the across the metaverse to get people in here. Well, mind you, the sm- smaller room is nice and cozy. Sounds good. I've got my second cup of Earl Grey. I'm good to go. And I've got my first glass of red wine. And what are you drinking tonight, Herb? Um, I've got some elderberry tea and uh, probably some Fernet. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't be the only one drinking here. Like everyone's sounding so like kind of efficient, and then I've got my red wine. <laughs> I've awesome. been on red wine, Ricky. I've been on it. <laughs> now I, I feel better. To stop at, so I had to stop at some point. Yeah, Rob did look at me when I poured a very large glass. <laughs> <laughs> so, how for those that have just joined, uh, we hope to the plan is to do one of these every Monday. Um, and have a different guest and ideally they're going to be around the BAC community, uh, BAYC community or MAYC community and we, the format at the moment is going to be we're going to ask some questions and then depending on how long that takes and what the audience is, the audience got a couple of questions at the very end to come up as well and uh, hopefully uh, Herb won't mind being on the hot seat too much. Awesome. I love it. Vicky's a good friend. I said I would do it for Vicky and the fan base. So let's go. Okay. <laughs> I, I did ask my daughter, who's uh, she's 13, if she would like to listen into the first one. And she said no. <laughs> she, my my harshest critic. And I went, oh, but like, you know. And she's like, no. And I went, okay. So, um, my first question to you is, obviously, we've known each other a little while. How did your ape journey start? How did you find out about BAYC? Um, so I think that the apes definitely came out within the NFT space at such an important time. You know, I was minting mine on Saturday. or um, Sorry, I bought mine on secondary on Saturday, and the mint was Friday. So something like May, the second day, and um, though I had seen it, you know, there had been like the recent things going on with Nifty Gateway as a platform that had left people kind of le- kind of feeling bad about NFTs. There was NBA Top Shot, and so there was like a whole market that was feeling like um, cautious about diving into NFTs. I had tried to buy a Golden State Warriors ring NFT. The night before. So like during the minting of the apes, I was trying to get a Golden State Warriors ring. And the amount of ETH, you know, 0.35 that I bought my ape with is how much I tried to spend on an auction for a ring. And so in some ways, like there was an open sea issue with a reserve not being met, for example, on an auction. And just all of this back and forth that I realized like, um, I had been interested in NFTs for a while. We can jump into that. But this moment where 
all of a sudden my whole network on Clubhouse and on Twitter is dressed up like apes and is talking about apes and not just their PFPs, but stories and names. And it was really Clubhouse. So literally Saturday, I run to my computer and I'm like, what the hell are board apes? I read the site and I completely was convinced, you know, people in the future would be uh, just wanting to hang out after having actually been bored. And that's what we, uh, we, what we were building. Was that your first NFT you actually bought or had you bought others before that? No. So my NFTs um, really started out with, with someone named Real Imposter, uh, who's a, a really gifted artist. And that was sometime last year. And then it wasn't until... You know, OpenSea opened up a lot, but my first community, I would say, that I spent a lot of time with was was definitely the Bored Apes. And then um, when you, obviously, you, you, so you bought your ape, and, and then what happened after that? You, did you do anything? Did you join the Discord straight away, or did you just let the kind of PFP sit there? No, just like I'm saying, it was always a, a social... Um, it's part of a social group, right? And so the the nature of the PFP was always the central part of it. And I really wanted to put a pixel on the wall. That's really what I wanted to do. And I paid like $1,200 to put, you know, essentially just wanting to enter the bathroom. Nobody knew what the bathroom looked like. Uh, nobody uh, was showing images about it yet. And so I went into the Discord and I literally was like, I'm looking for, you can look it up. My first comment ever is, I'm looking for a blue dress ape for my partner. My <laughs> partner's Carly. And, you know, that was like this desire to buy like a blue dress ape. And I was like, oh man, like this is going to be so fun to, to have Carly, you know, who's getting into crypto, have this ape, you know, just as a PFP. Um, and we tried to buy, I think just like a series of blue dresses and it, for whatever reason, it just like not even not even you know kind of like seconds would go by, and we'd be swapping to to wheat, and then it would be bought. You know, it was kind of like this feeling like oh, it just wasn't happening, and um, it was actually just reaching out in general and just in general chat of BAYC that I met some people who were like, you know, here's my collection of apes, I would be open to to a deal, for example of like the time, like 0.3, 0.35. And then that same day, like an hour or two later, my partner's like, I want one. And then we ended up buying one for 0.48, I believe that same day. And then we were like, damn, these are fucking cool. The next day, and we were back on OpenSea the next day, the next morning. And we had spent like pretty much the entire night making Charizard in the top left corner of the bathroom wall uh, or Charmander, actually the little baby Charmander. And so we, we did, we just went on the wall. We spent our time in clubhouse. We were just making ape noises. It felt like prank calling early day middle school because <laughs> we were just literally going into rooms all dressed as apes. And by having one person be moderator, they would sneak up, invite us all one by one. And then as soon as they said, banana split, we all just started going, <laughs> and and that was this really 
you know, moment uh, during quarantine that was so infectious, you know, so it was just wanting to be a part of that community. And it was early on a bunch of artists, um, you know, Strawberry, Ambergy, um, Farouk was in that space. Um, and so ultimately, like people who you see now in the space still were all on Clubhouse having these conversations and they all were apes for a little bit. And it was really about giving for people who minted at a couple hundred dollars an opportunity to turn around and make art off of that IP so that they could make money. And that was directed towards artists. And that was one of the initial sort of wants and desires. And um, it to see that the community of artists almost around the world for like two weeks was very much uh, joyful. And it really inspired NFTs in general. And it did a lot to make us question FOMO ramps. It did a lot to make us question uh, size of collections, uh, IP. It was the first real big project more recently to, to be so giving with IP. And it took probably like, I don't know, two months for people to realize or a month that the, the flip brim would be so important because of the logo, things like that. Right. And when the artist community, uh, started to get priced out around like probably around 0.7, point point eight, there was like a big sell. And then there, we came down to like 0.24. And I think that was an important moment where a lot of people sold around like 0.24 before we went to like 0.35. And then there was a famous war on the floor uh, from Dingling <laughs> and Drop Acid is the person who announces that. And in the Discord, by that point, you had already seen people like Tropo really develop themselves as these personalities, these like uh, magnetic personalities that were so fun. And probably that big push, like that was like a, um, a war to the floor, essentially, to like one ETH. Um <laughs> And there's there's a lot of great moments you know that stand out from from that journey, but it um it was really you know it could have been a warrior's ring in terms of ETH, and once we bought in for Carly and me, it was always very obvious that the community would be really central to to things that we cared about because we we always looked up to everybody, we always looked up to these artists, we always looked up to these developers. And so to be in in space with them, it didn't matter so much that it was an ape. Um, but when we saw the ape, we we felt uh, we felt like it would represent the skate brand that Carly and I wanted to build. We felt like it was the type of image that we wanted to to really buy into. And we weren't really sure if that was a PFP, if that was a club, if that was, you know, uh, a token or any of that stuff. Um, but there was always something really magical, uh, honestly, that we just kept thinking like, you know, this is just really fun and we want to keep spending our time here. And at that point, obviously, you both bought, bought your, your apes. Did you get any, obviously, you had friends within 
the BAYC? Did you get any of your friends on the outside involved or tell them what you were doing? Not really. You know, I, I think that in general, I've been so hesitant to to onboard people um, from my from my regular life. And in general, that hasn't been uh, a bad thing. But the like outside of the entity community, like most of my friends are normies. <laughs> and... but, but I do know I do know one person that's not a normie. Your mum. It's true. It's Your true. Your mum definitely not a normie. No, and and so I, I've had the opportunity to, to I guess for a lifetime now see that blockchain would be inevitable for different reasons. And my mom was someone who I told her about, you know, real imposter. I told her about Top Shot, and so she saw, you know, bad investments on Top Shot. She saw bad investments on Nifty Gateway. She saw. Um, a lot of areas that were so risky and I kept telling her like we're building out more than than this speculation like we're building out more than cash grabs and we're building out you know what to me was a new economy and for my mom really early on it was just about being interested in what I was interested in and then it was just too much it was like you know you talk about it all the time and it wasn't interesting. And that kind of bothered me, like anybody who's super passionate about something. And, and it's my mom. And so um, what I realized was the more that I communicated about it and the more that my mom's questions were sort of hinting that the economy that I was describing, this, this crypto, she didn't understand kind of basic elements of it because they had not been explained in a way that, that made sense to her. And it was just coming across as threatening. It was as if I was describing this future and my mom didn't really see herself in it. And so if she didn't, then maybe didn't, it wasn't for her. And there was a sense of the more that I was you know, interested in talking about it, the more that my mom felt sort of threatened, like, where's my place? And so it was a big step back moment, like really what we're in is a moment of onboarding and the communication that we use to talk about NFTs can be really complicated. But really my mom, you know, through being in a cooperative knows what a DAO is without knowing the technical details of a smart contract, but connecting that and being able to communicate, you know, the importance of why blockchain is being accepted in El Salvador, which is where we're from is something that I didn't do. I didn't like make El Salvador be in the situation to do that. You know, it, it happened. And so as a response, I think my anybody who's Salvadoran right now is probably somewhat thinking about crypto more than, than your average person. And so as a response, my mom did take something that was at the beginning very scary. And it's, it took a couple months. You know, I got in at 0.35. My mom got in at at a three floor. So it, it took, I think, two or three months. And it was even after docs, you know, so it took a long time, I think that we could have got in earlier. And yet, you know, looking back, it's so obvious that she was in very early that it was an amazing decision. And um, it is it's stressful too. like, it's just stressful knowing that that's such a speculative market. Um, it's something that 
I'm in and that my mom is in and that my partner is in as well. I think people have been fairly critical, fair to criticize or at least open up that that possibility that we are just over overexposed with one project, for example. I think it's 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 kind of testament to the fact of obviously your explanation to her that that she feels comfortable doing something which, when we get of a certain age, is quite quite a scary thing. She's she's pretty wild, and also I think a fair amount of it is that there have been moments again where, you know, for banking or for uh, reasons of you know being from El Salvador, there are so many things like. That make that make blockchain seem kind of obvious, and so I think that the risk is great, but um, not. I think like we almost have to. I would say like it. It uh, it doesn't seem so far fetched. Like we we will be using blockchain to or Bitcoin to be sending money to family. Like um, they actually want to use wallets for you know, almost everybody. So. It feels kind of like really far, but for a lot of people right now, this adoption is is happening like in, in everyday families. And so how might we have those conversations and what are the best ways to educate are sort of like uh, individual things that a lot of different websites, a lot of different people want to do. And then I get asked a lot like, well, how do you not burn out with information overload? So it's a good question. Like it's it's all around um, part of the reason that we have spaces. I think is just to to figure that out from from different people how they how they balance and prioritize those things. Now I'm also curious about the obviously I came to the party quite late, so I'm curious about what I see as maybe a DMT and cheetah battle. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's one of the most fun things about the community. Early on, people really gravitated towards wanting to create story. I don't know. I don't know if it was because people, uh, it was a specific group of person, if if like the audience and, and the time required it, if people were like so sick of of their PFPs. It's, a, it's such a combination of things, but people really took their PFP seriously. People really took their ape seriously. And in the process of coming up with stories, you know, one of the details in the artwork is that there are DMTs that are wearing cheetah pelts. Like, what is that? You know, what's, how do you infer that? Right. And, and there can be many different ways to tell that story, but a lot of people came to the conclusion that there had been some type of war, some type of fight between cheetah and DMT. And that's just from the artwork and how people decided to, to talk about it in early clubhouse rooms. And so enough people of either side, got interested in making it about um, some supposed war. And there used to be channels for clubs within the BAYC club. So it was like little tiny clubs within the club. And now they're mostly different discords. But they used to be just different clubs. And it was encouraged like in a in a way that, that we haven't seen really. I think that I almost... Um, I've been waiting if there's like a mutant version of that, if there's like a, a subgroup of mutants that has like a sort of playful banter, like the cheetah DMT or if cheetah DMT would continue or not, but it's real. And, um, I think has only aided to, to create, uh, a lot of fun. It's most, it's all for fun at, at the, at the, at the top end. It's all for fun.
Yeah, especially as new people come in and people leave as well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it evolves, as you say, into the battles of and who's orange and who's not. Well, the orange came about in a similar way. You know, I think that there's a certain um, amount of like meme magic that just carries people's attention. And the, you know, going into clubhouse rooms and causing the commotion with the ape noises <laughs> felt in the stomach. Like it just felt like prank calling as a middle schooler. Like it just hit that same area. And then being in the discord and they were just going crazy at night. And Tropo says something like, guys, I'm a rock hard right now. And everyone is like, oh, my God, what is he talking about? Like, that's so inappropriate. And then it's just, it's a photo of a rock, right? It's like an actual huge photo of a rock. And that was like the moment. And we're just, it's going crazy. But I'm literally, you know, I'm, I'm laughing like I hadn't laughed in years, you know, reading the Discord chat. And um, out of that, there's been a couple moments. And so then I changed my, my background to orange for a little bit because my mom bought that new ape. And that was it. All it took was just having a bunch of orange take over the chat to create a whole new club of orange that has, you know, morphed into a lifestyle, really. It's like a whole style of being and that. Uh, you know, Eric, Lucky Ones in the group, PP Man, Ollie, and Beaker, uh, all kind of carrying the torch of like people like Ape Father, who had always been big fans of Orange. And we felt early on like if we could do uh, really, like, I remember from like, uh, I remember thinking at the time, like, BAYC, uh, was at the time like thinking about the social clubs channels and it eventually got rid of those channels and so seeing how people would form communities outside i was curious and orange was like the community that really joined up and was like what if we just had a server just to to have our own fun and you know vicky you're in that now but it, it has become you know a really tight family within bayc it is very interesting as the groups kind of spear off into, like you say, the micro communities, how people interact with each other, and and obviously you say meme and gifts and and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of fun, and it, it's it's certainly going to be interesting to see. Obviously, now that we've got obviously the the MAYC, we've got a whole load of new people coming in. Um, that was kind of obviously unexpected for all of us. You bring up a good point. You know, I think people had always wondered, like, if we're going to hit mainstream adoption, can we get there with 10,000? You know, and I think for most people it was no, 10,000 tokens. And I remember, like, even just having moments where, you know, I, I would like to have my friends or family who didn't get in earlier be apes, but I'm not going to give them an ape. It just reached a point that was too expensive. And the mutants you know, for me in my situation were such an empowering moment, for sure. It was like, if I could have gone, gone back to May, like, what would I do? It's like, I'd get more of my friends and family involved. And so the mutants were my opportunity to do that. And 
the the reason that I have a mutant on is my PFP. The reason that I, I wanted to come on the show Mutant Monday is because it feels like we're just at the start. As much as what we did with BAYC was really incredible, the mutants to me feel like a way to do that better. And it's not like we're bright, we're trying to drive value to or from, but um, the the Saturday, I think the Saturday night that the mutants launched, like the next day, it felt a lot like the day after Mint and for the apes. And it was like, whoa, like it feels like we're back here again, but we have experience. And if we were to, to run it back, so to speak, we'd want to do it better. And so some of those things are already coming through. Like the mutants are, in my mind, uh, you know, there are individual people who have already shown that they want to like bring their value and are showing like there are different ways to, to elevate the mutants in terms of on brands, in terms of on storytelling. And, you know, this show, I hope, can be a celebration of how people are utilizing mutants in a new way. And for me, even at a very simple point, like I enjoy taking off my ape, which can be a little stuffy and becoming a mutant. And for me, like that allows me and extends me to, to be a different uh, identity, to be, to me more fun, to be a little more, uh, what I call like mutant energy, which is just like, uh, the, the gifs that I, the gifts that I post are different. The, the text that I'd write is different, and, and that's fun for me. And I think I think you're spot on. It's a very kind of different energy. There's a new energy being brought kind of in with obviously the influx of new people and starting all over again. And when it came to that Saturday night, and obviously we all got the kind of word that we were going to get the serums, so everybody's kind of like poised in front of their phones or their computers to see what kind of serums they got <laughs> did did you have any idea that there would be a mint button coming absolutely not you know <laughs> never in my mind did I imagine that and, and I just wasn't ready for it it's the truth like I didn't benefit in the way that you'd expect and um you know I, we were on a twitter space and so I had a twitter space and one headphone and then I was in the discord voice chat with my other ear and I couldn't believe what, what I was hearing and so I was like I, I got muted a couple times in the BAYC voice chat because I, I couldn't figure out how to not how to unmute and mute the right one and <laughs> I was trying to get information and I you know was just kind of like in an instant so underprepared and we had seen the site launch with a bunch of people in the Twitter space and people are like, should I connect my wallet? Because I, I'm kind of afraid that this isn't real. It was so out of our imagination. And a, a couple of people decided to risk it and just start minting. And that's sort of when it's hitting us, like, wait, does anyone else know that there's a mint hap that there's a public mint for mutants happening right now? And so, you know, um, Vicky, can you remind me, like, where were you when mutants dropped? Uh, I managed to leave work early, and I was sitting on my couch with my husband. Wow! I'm I'm waiting for these serums to drop, and then there was that delay, right? We had to wait. I I was all right. I got got mine, and I saw I had an M1, and I'm like, okay, I've got to understand the mechanics. And then as he's sitting with me, obviously we same as you, we opened up like the, the the link. 
And I'm like, why is there a mint button? I'm so yeah. confused. That doesn't make any yeah. sense because we're supposed to be burning the serum. And I knew there was no point in asking any of you guys. Because... We said for like a week, <laughs> there's never going to be any more. I remember saying in the Discord, very specific, like there's never going to be more. They're not going to ruin the collection. Like there's not going to be alterations. Like, Yeah, it was so unexpected. And I, it's pretty much most apes, and, and Chris will be able to speak for it as well in a minute as well, and, and uh, Jason the ape as well. It's like we talked about we how laugh, like how much we laughed over the next coming kind of hours and days about the sheer kind of confusion and panic internally that all of us were like running around like headless chickens, really not sure what we were pressing, what we were doing to kind of <laughs> come to the point of. Are we buying mutants? Are we getting mutants free? Are we minting? Are we secondary? Like, nobody knew, you know? And um, I think that was what was amazing about the founders. They caught everybody in the community, whether whether you were directly involved in the community as close as we were or complete outsiders. We were all surprised. It wasn't like anybody had a heads up of what was going on. Well, I think there's, a, there's something to be said about how some of the traits... Like, you know, I had a coin eye ape really early on, and uh, though I had a flip brim, it was sort of like something that I, I had to understand was just like um, not not something that was appreciated as much in the community, you know, as a trait. And I remember thinking that the mutant coin ice was actually done in such a way that was that was such a popular one, actually, in terms of the movement to the market. And so... I was left wondering, you know, after Mutant Drop, like I spent some time reflecting and I, I appreciated that across Roadmap 1.0, the team had done so much to provide value for every single ape in the, in the collection in different ways. You know, some of the drops, it didn't matter what your ape looked like and some of them, it, it really benefited you, but there was ways to, to reward people uh, in so many different ways and uh, I'm blown away. Now, I've got a couple more kind of, I think one of them you kind of answered, one of them is regardless of whether it's an ape or a mutant, what is your favorite trait of all time? Is it going to be the flipped brim? No, honestly, like, if I had to choose a favorite trait, um, hmm. I honestly believe that um, there was always, like, rarity playing. You know, I, I definitely cared about rarity. I never imagined that I would have a pizza ape. Um, that's something that I, I never imagined. But um, I, I used to say that one of my favorite apes is the DMT with crazy eyes. And I remember people would always give me a hard time for that. But I love the way that the crazy eyes have like a sort of 3d effect where it matches up with the with the sort of third eye on the forehead and so it's definitely an undervalued this aesthetic to me uh i love it you know it, it sort of just like gets me it gets me really excited um if i had to choose like um, you know if i could have like any ape um blue beams on orange background doesn't exist um, on DMT. And that's something that I would have wanted. Like I've had a, a dream ape like just made out of the traits and it was a an orange background DMT ape with pizza um, on a, with blue beams, um, 
which it doesn't exist, but I, I can dream. Maybe and then for the mutants, <laughs> for the mutants, the M1 Tweed is amazing. Um, and probably just like the cool, it's like a jacket that's taking acid. You know, it's yeah. so, so amazing. There's so many traits in the mutants that I, I'm totally in love with right now, honestly. I think that's it. I, I, I applaud the artist. I mean, every time I even saw one today that I'd never even seen before, which was a, uh, M2. It was a merch hat, uh, a black one, but I'd not seen an M2 merch black hat before with an eye over the top. And I'm like, how many weeks are we in? And I'm still seeing brand new things. Well, it's true. It's totally true. I think that the M2 zombie with no clothes, it has these massive maggots like all over the body. is is just disgusting in a great way. It really pushed the... <laughs> Push the limits as a mutant and, and made me wonder, like, if I am going to be a mutant, right, and, you know, and um, taking that to to a, a form that is, like, grotesque as well, you know, I think caters to, to a big audience like myself, too, and, you know, I, I felt really seen in the artwork, and, you know, the spacesuit of the M2, if anyone notices, it has an orange on the sleeve, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. I don't think that that's a mistake. I think that the team was tuning in to the community. And I do think that it's a nod towards Orange Gang. I do think that there are a lot of elements in the mutants that are representations just as the treasure hunt paid homage to Tropo's butt. <laughs> I think that the team really cares. And, you know, I cried when I saw that orange um, in the in the in the jacket, you know, it was so special. It was so special to know that we had influenced uh, culture in such a way. It meant something that we were in tune with the creators at the same time. And um, in the treasure hunt, there was a there was a room where I think it was in the kitchen, and there was these two oranges and a banana. And it, it definitely was a penis. It, it's like a hundred percent. It was a penis. And I remember thinking like this is hilarious. Like this is the best way to pay homage to the community in such a deep way. Like they, they really care about us because they understand us. And I think that that was totally highlighted through the entire mutant experience um, so far. And have you got any predictions about what you think is coming up on the new roadmap? Honestly, no, um, I, 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 I don't, I, when when dogs were coming out, I predicted that it would be a palette of bananas. When <laughs> mutants came out, I said it would be. Um, what did I think for mutants? I thought I thought that we'd get another airdrop or something. I and then for the round twenty one basketball, like I've just been so drastically wrong every time that I've just stopped. Um, I stopped wondering, I think, and just um, the thing that I, I do believe, though, is that Roadmap 2.0 uh, is from the team, like 100%, and also I'm seeing a lot of apes and mutants build up value, and so Figs, uh, Shu, uh, 10K TF that came out yesterday was not in the Roadmap, but a big value add for, for all ape, dog, and mutant holders. You know, there's going to be a lot of value coming from mutants and apes in the future with people building out 
their different values or different brands. And so more and more, I think what I can say is that the community, it seems, is building out just as much value in Roadmap 2.0 outside of the official roadmap. And that, to me, you know, felt coming off the treasure hunt, like a real sense of apes wanting to work together. Yeah, seeing all the teamwork, listening to you guys all trying to work puzzle, crazy, crazy puzzles out. It was just exhausting almost to kind of hear you guys trying to work it all out. It's, it, it was ingenious. Yeah, we often wonder, I, I wonder a lot, you know, why we don't compete more, like why we don't expect to see more uh, traditional behavior. You know, with the Orange Dow, it almost felt like being a corporation compared to these smaller teams in the treasure hunt. We had maybe up to 100 people at once trying to, to complete this. And it was sort of like we were inviting people into the server to, to participate who were not Orange. And whether that's like, whether I thought they were on our team or we're going to take that and give the information to somebody else, for example, it it was beneficial to serve as the place of information so that we could solve it faster. There was something really powerful about being able to build, bring people together and give them space to actually try and solve these really large problems. And so the treasure hunt was not so much about completing the treasure hunt and, and everything to do with what, what Matt, I believe it was Matt Borcher who said it was like, the treasure hunt was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> and so we, we are at a moment now where, okay, you know, we didn't get the DAOs together in time for Christie's or Sotheby's, but, you know, now we have what it takes to, to do that. We have what it takes to organize, you know, a group of apes and apes want to work together. And so the way that that looks now is, you know, apes wanting to create businesses together. I'm seeing apes deliver coffee that's branded to one another and they're drinking coffee that's, from apes, you know, I'm pushing Eric to sell candy that's just too, you know, the apes would only be eating that candy. And so it's like the ape economy, right? This like idea that more and more people are just building more and more value into this, into this token, into this club. And there's no limit, you know, to what's possible there. And some of us, like myself, have multiple apes and my mom and I will be in a position, I think, to decide like, who do we want to come in and, and to bring that value? Who do we want to to really be somebody who we want in the community as well? Yeah, it's definitely a decision as things move along and the monetary side of it obviously has gone up and down. Obviously, different things have happened and I've seen obviously how it's kind of grown. Um, so if you had to pick on your journey, probably since obviously May, what's the most memorable thing that's kind of really impacted you personally? Mm. I mean, I know you made me cry. <laughs> there's been so many, you're right. It's like, there's actually been a lot of just life changing moments that were like lucky ones once said that um, this ties it all back to all of us that it was Gary V who had said like that, in this NFT space, like, uh, lucky ones had heard him speak. And he said, you know, there are some people who live like they haven't met their best friend yet. And when lucky ones said it, it, it resonated really deeply that a lot of people who were in the board ape community were so open with their hearts and willing to be 
family. And so maybe like my mom coming into chat, you know, and me saying like, hey, everyone, like my mom is in chat right now. And people saying like, hi, mom, or um, singing happy birthday to my mom, you know, like it makes me want to tear up just now thinking about that moment or, you know, during the war on the floor, um, a father came in and said that he had just got engaged. That was so touching or um, Gordon and his and, Gar- and Gargamel saying that they had paid back their moms, you know, that was really important. Um I think that, you know, I'm just crying thinking about the the individual stories, like how many people have shared that they've been able to put down, you know, money towards their new homes or uh, how many new parents have had opportunities to, to bring their children home, you know, with more money than they had in May or uh, JR Art Space, you know, it's like an artist uh, making it up and making it, you know, on his journey on Clubhouse like in May and is now making bids, you know, of, of high quantity for the Sotheby's, uh, or sorry, the, the Christie's auction. And I'm seeing, like, young artists, like, have their lives changed, like, almost every week. And so there's definitely, like, a bunch of individual moments that stand out. And yet it almost feels like just a constant blur of positivity um, like I've been, I've been crying about something all the time. Like um, Papa Bones, like helped unite me with my one of one like dog collaboration on a Twitter space, and that that made me cry for like two weeks. Or um, yeah, that I was mean, that was the so one. I things. think between your between obviously you and your mum coming on the space, and obviously that was very very emotional. And I think people started to understand that if they were around that time, hearing the kind of obviously your lives and what it meant to you and your mum to be part of something quite special and then to be kind of as a listener in a space where you know the guy says to you you know oh check your wallet and you know everyone around you me included was like eh? yeah exactly what do you mean check your wallet and it's like such uh, it's one of those few moments where you kind of almost need a video to video your facial reactions for something that has been delivered to you as a token of obviously all the work that you put into with the community. Yeah. I mean, I'm just crying now, right? It's like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you say? You know, when like your whole life has just gotten so much better and when like the people around you that you want, you know, for things to go well for them and it, and it is going well and day in and day out, like I often, you know, wake up and, and thinking about bringing value to the people who I care about, you know, and that is not just apes. It's all about like how the NFT community is bridging a gap to decentralized finance. It's about, right, like having opportunities to onboard. And so it's, um, for me, like, it feels like work in a sense that like it, it does take, you know, organization, it does take collaboration to get a lot of these projects done. And when people ask about burnout, you know, I think that it's like there was a time when Tropo and I were in the Discord a lot and we would say welcome and there would be like very few people coming into chat and I would bring people from welcome 
over too general and say like welcome in because we just didn't have that many people in and we would have so much small talk and now we've completely transformed to a position where it's like we have so many people coming all the time and what happened was Pablo started making gifts there are people who are coming up with their own ways of introducing people there are new rituals being made and it wasn't it wasn't that Tropona needed to be there all the time so much as what we had started to do had gotten so much better. And so Tropo and I, I think, did a really good job of being able to, to take a step back and to say, like, as much as we want, like, our imprint on the community to be here, we, we want to see it grow. We want to see how it, how it re- reacts and how it, how it lives. And so, you know, that has been the way that, that the community has only shown its growth. And I, th- I think it's responded positively, um, within the whole like within the whole space you know there was like a, a a moment of positivity when pablo started coming out with the gifts when paper d started coming out with the fat apes when we started to see this new wave of derivatives it really in my mind uh, shifted uh, us back closer to a time like may and so my relationship with papa bones you know who who was on that stage with the dog like has has always been there and um, there are, there's going to be so many individuals who are working together now, who want to work together, and these are my best friends now, right? These are the people who I who I count on now. But I appreciate you walking me through, Vicky, some of those moments. Those were, I mean, those are the best. Those are the best times. Yeah, and I think it's it's times where we sometimes look back when you know, we get older and we haven't taken photos and we get older and we haven't written things in diaries like they used to. And it certainly, you were kind of, there's certain people that I just knew straight away that I wanted to have the opportunity because the stories are the stories that need to be told that other people just, you know, would have no idea where you live or that your mum was involved. And the minute we talked before, I was like, it's, it's definitely something that then lives on and other people can listen to that you were there from day one, you know, and you've always been there, welcome people in and, and obviously uh, berating people if they're not orange. Somebody said, <laughs> where where are the the academics? Where are the anthropologists right now? And And I'm not either of those things, but... If there's not going to be any of those things, then I may as well, you know, have my go at it. And so we're writing a wiki, you know, an unofficial wiki to try to hold that information and make it decentralized so people can add their info. But it's about, you know, like, how do we make the most of this opportunity? And the onboarding is so important. Like there are so many people just coming on to NFTs, just coming on to blockchain in this moment. And there's a lot of, you know, I look at the stage and I'm seeing roller down in the stage. And so for mental health, like there's so many uh, new spaces for NFTs. And something that happened is like roller built up a big audience on Clubhouse. And I'm sure if we were to talk about it, like some of the things that I feel like we learned in January are already forgotten in in September. And so in some ways, like, how might we do more to, to keep these lessons, to share back lessons, 
um, across the NFT space, across mental health, across like supporting one another. And just because we moved to a different platform, you know, just because we onboarded new people, but we did, we learned a lot of these things and so I'm sure we could bring up roller, but, but that's what we work on. So we hold spaces, we talk about these things because um, this isn't the first time <laughs> we, we've, we have been here in some ways before. And I think especially with regards to previous things that have gone on with regards to the pandemic and COVID, I'm a big believer that as much as we were all forced apart and, and basically told uh, that obviously by countries, by governments, that we what we could and couldn't do, the people still ended up by default building something that could basically force us all back together again, although slightly differently via phones and laptops and not face-to-face. It actually meant so much more to all of us that have joined the NFT community to know that we still have friends and people are still obviously experiencing mental health, but obviously feel more able to talk about it with others. I remember somebody came into the chat and was just saying, um, this happened to Gargamel too, but they came in and said, you know, my, my house just got flooded. My my freaking roof, you know, there's a leak or something, and now their whole apartment was flooded. And they came into chat, and I remember commenting, like, you're, you know, this emergency is happening, and you came to chat, right? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I need to laugh. And that was this, this moment where it's like, this is the job. This is, like, the responsibility to to provide comfort, right, in a world that is that can be very harsh if there is going to be a lot of, a lot of things that are just difficult, then let the club be where you can come and have fun. Let the club be where you can come and not worry about those things. And more and more that became the norm. Uh, that became the, the expectation was to, to create a space where people would feel, you know, really comfortable, really welcome. I'm going to hand the stage over to Chris because I've, I've talked with various amount of my questions and I know we're coming up for a while, so... Anything that you'd like to ask, Chris, now is your time. Hello, hello. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's all. Uh, it's uh, It resonates with me a lot. Um, and I just want to go back right to the beginning when you talked about the um, just the feeling that you had of drawing on the bathroom wall, which <laughs> I've not really had this. I've not really had this is exciting for me. I've not got to have the conversation with anyone really. Um, because like you have not really um, spoke about it or forced it on anyone uh, in, in in my real life and from you know family and friends and uh, just I remember seeing the um, the end of the uh, the website text that said you know we just want to draw uh, a dick on the wall and I just remember you know transported back Whoa. to school. I just remember being transported back to, you know, all the things you used to get up to as a kid. And that was the first time that I felt that. And obviously it's easy to say in hindsight, was it a, a bet on culture? But you've actually made me realise that it was just having fun, like welcoming new apes. It was, you know, welcome, have a banana with a banana emoji, the cheetah versus DMT. And back then, did you feel like, how how much of that culture did you understand at the time compared to how clearly it is to see now? 
I think what you're saying is so beautifully said, and it's it's like, can you be reflective that you're shaping culture in the moment? And the the human brain like has a just a weird time dealing with that, you know. I think that the the more that I became, you know, glued to the Discord, the more that my role became connecting one ape to another. And it became about being someone who could provide information. So if somebody was like, how many apes live here? My In my mind, my job was to communicate, CryptoJack is building out a directory. Somebody might say, you know, what what can we do with IP? My job was more to list, you know, here are the, the specific elements uh, that other people are doing. And somebody would say, you know, who are the best derivative painters and you know, I, I bring it up because crypto painters in the in the audience and i would say you know crypto painter and there's danny uh 3d you know and and i always looked up to these people again like swolf chan like swolf chan is someone who i saw in clubhouse and early on make a derivative piece for preps of the pros and i was really impressed and i went to the discord you know voice chat and i just didn't communicate i didn't talk and i would spend just like on Clubhouse, I spent probably like three months and I was never on stage. I just would just listen. And with Swolf Chan, you know, there was an opportunity one day where we were on at like 3 a.m. <clears throat> I did like a mutant marathon. And it's probably 3 a.m. He's just waking up. I'm like exhausted. And he has this energy I'm picking back up. And it's like, oh my God, like let's create a PO app for a mutant uh, Mega Serum, which is like one of eight, a one of one, very unique piece. And Ash has committed to launching it. And so let's put together an event right here, right now, in a couple hours, where we drop this and we all watch it. We go crazy. And Swolf Chan is like, I'll do the artwork. And there's a moment where it's like, Preps of the Pros is someone who had originally got that piece done. He then trades for my pizza. He, he does you know, this big trade for his pizza for my apes. And then now I'm in a room where like this person who I looked at the Swolf Chan is now someone who I become friends with. And he's willing to do this thing for the community because he feels like this is just something that's fun for him. And then Ash is like, I want to do this to have fun as a community, you know, to, to turn down a million dollars is basically what he did in order to launch his M3, you know, and he decided, like, I want to do this for the community. I want to do it because I have plans for this. And then, you know, in an instant, it's like putting together in, in an unsanctioned, unofficial event that had a app that was so memorable to people. And it just happened because people kept saying, I can, you know, everybody kept saying, I can do this. I can do the artwork. I can actually figure out how to send that out. I'm willing to be here to, to deal with that. And then people came to the event because it was like a burning fire. It was like so obvious that you wanted to be there. It, it didn't take even so much as like a couple tweets and key figures, Ape Father, Tropo, tweeting it out and letting people know, you know, who couldn't even be there because they, they had other things scheduled, but were still wanting the support. And so we built it like a fire. And it was what it was. We wanted it to be so obvious to people to be drawn and all of that happened like without needing to ask permission from mods or just get sanctioned or anything. And I bring it up because it's sort of the pace and the vibe and the culture that the apes have fostered. 
and in the moment i wasn't focused too much with what we were doing in terms of like you know how does this represent uh history or like how does this manifest but i knew that the po app was a way to recognize that something historic had happened and i think that was a different moment like yeah there's been a lot of occasions that have been really important but let's start to really give value you know to the really historic moments because even like yesterday with MetaLinks launching, I do think that that's essentially like the beginning of Web 3.0 and the community that's most active right now are apes. And so it's like, where were you when Web 3.0 started? It's like, I was right there. I, I chatted and I, I talked to the other apes in the room. And so we are all in a position right now <clears throat> to be shaping culture. And that's memes, that's Vicky dropping gifts. It's Crypto Painter actually like giving us a way to reflect in the moment on some of the details that are so complicated. And all the derivative work is how we live. Like all the derivative work is how we come to understand. Like I don't even know what my legs look like <laughs> through the NFT PFP. Like I don't even know what my arms look like. You know, that's something that through the artists, that's through the storytelling, that's through our own imagination what we've been allowed and afforded to do that we get to realize that and so there is a, a big responsibility there's a big you know opportunity here and yet it's just about like why <clears throat> do people see this art piece and want to connect to it you know there is something very infectious and very simple about that 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 it doesn't bother to be it doesn't need to be explained and i won't bother to uh, but it's true and you know, I eat pizza all the time and I do trip on acid and DMT. It's just like, that's why I got it. That's why I got this one. And, and I'm rocking the Mewen right now because um, I haven't like, I don't, uh, because I just want to like, I feel like there's energy, like just fuck it. And that's kind of like when I put the Mewen on. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. To, and you said we're going to have to have you on again because... Um said so much which has resonated in terms of um cultural and especially with the anthropology comment i think there is an element perhaps of luck because there's been signs hasn't there along the way i'm very i consider myself very new since april and uh, with v friends was my inception and since then it's been i'd put it down to a lot of luck in terms of my background before entering this space, I think it puts you in a position to maybe recognize certain things. Like I kind of understood smart contracts quite quick and what they could be. Um, not so much all of the virtual world, like the metaverse and stuff. It's still, it's not really, it's hard for me to grasp what that, you know, what that could be. And like with Weblink and Web 3.0. But yeah, do you think there's been signs, I think, from beginning to now, I mean, we could have never have maybe predicted what the apes have become, but um, I think going forward, I think trusting those instincts, I, I think is gonna gonna bode well for for people that are entering entering the space now. I think. I I'm so excited to come back. I'm so excited. Better to chat with you, you know. The founders did something that's so powerful, and every time that they've dropped something, it's totally changed the game. 
And also the community has been so powerful and so dedicated and it really has become a really powerful moment, I think, where each other is generating off of each other. It's as if, you know, by being so responsive, by, by being so engaging, by being so willing to, to just take, you know, what is given and just absolutely deliver as a community so much more, I think has, has been such an interesting experiment. And so um, I want to call out that like Matt Borcher just had like a sick mint. He's in the audience right now. And like, he minted apparently some stealth drop and just got something that now has like a, an offer already of like two ETH. And it's like actually a very cool art piece. And like, um, I'm actually just really happy right now. Like I, I want to go to the club to party right now. Like I want to go and like actually give Matt a hug right now. Like I want him to come on stage and like, I want him, you know, to talk about that. And so that all wasn't possible before this. Like we all live right now in a very strange time. Um, and I'm also just appreciative of those moments. And I, I'll be honest that like we built this, it, it took time. The artist built this. It wasn't um, just the founders, you know, obviously it was um, a lot of the direction, but it was the, it was the artist early on. It was the people early on hosting those spaces. It was the people who have been here, you know, for a long time willing to just stand by it and say like this is what we want to be this is how we want to live we want to build this out day in day out and so i'll leave everyone with like this thing that i read it was like we say gm and i, I don't actually say gm or gn to people mostly but i saw it was like we say it because it's a way to to appreciate that we're, we're like colleagues that we work together and to support one another that this is real that like what we're building out is that it's something that we have common belief in and that was much bigger than, than just speculation or, or an image. It was about like being here for one another. I'm going to, there's going to be two parts of this. I'm going to wrap up the kind of recording part. But what I would like to say is, would you like a couple of your fellow apes to come up and ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if Matt would like to come up if he's got, while you're on the hot seat and ask you any questions. Oh, yeah, for sure. That would be hilarious. Lucky ones. That's so funny. I'm so appreciative of everyone in the audience and for Vicky and for Chris. You guys are, are amazing for having me. And I'm so, so grateful. And thank you for coming 